Fontana rolling out the right, looking toward the end zone, throwing under pressure, throws his pass. Caught by Clark. Clark got a touchdown. Troy Clark has it. It's a touchdown for the 49ers. You're now listening to the 4th and Gold Podcast with Javi and Matt. Welcome to the 4th and Gold Podcast. We are back with another preview episode. 49ers are home once again facing the Green Bay Packers and Rodgers and company. Coming to town 8-2, Niners are 9-1. Everyone keeps talking about gauntlet the Niners have to go through but last time I checked the Niners are 9-1 they gotta come see us too Matt what's going on not much dude you know this is the stretch this is the stretch Packers Ravens Saints this is the big one that's really going to decide how their year goes and whether they're a first round bye or whether they're just sneaking in the playoffs uh so I'm, I'm super excited to to get talking about this and to help us break down the game we are bringing on two gentlemen from the Believe Podcast Network we have Rashawn Haylock and 49ers legend Eric Davis. Gentlemen, how you doing tonight? Well, I'm well. I'm good. Thank, thanks for having us. No, we really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Um, I am a fan of your guys' guys's work on that podcast. You guys do a really, really good job. Um, always great insight from both you guys on everything you guys have done. Um, appreciate that. Not a problem. You can find I, I, just, I just, you know, I, I just, I just, I just listen to Eric, man. He just, you know, he does his thing, man. And, and I'm just there. I'm just happy to be in his presence. You know how it is. I'm just trying not to get arrested because every time we're there, cops show up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the For the Go podcast. You can catch us on all podcast platforms, Google, Stitcher, um, iTunes, wherever podcasts are found, follow us on on Twitter at Fourth and Go Podcast. Um, this get this game is is not you know nine and one versus eight and two, and all the talk is um, the Niners have this gauntlet to go through. Um, and I said in the intro here, you know these teams still have to come see the Niners. They're nine and one. They're the number one seed in the NFC. They're the number one team in the NFL outside of the Patriots, who are also sharing the same record. Um, what do you guys make of all the talk about this gauntlet the Niners have to go through? You go ahead. Uh, go Rashad. ahead, Ed. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I'll go ahead. You, I, 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 yeah, you, you go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. My, my philosophy on this is I'm sitting here while everyone's talking about how difficult everything is about to be for the 49ers. The 49ers are in first place. They're they're at the top of the hill. Regardless yeah. of what you think on how they got there, you have to come see them. <laughs> it's not. They are having to go through this gauntlet. They are the gauntlet. You, you right now have to. You have to come and t- and take on the 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 king. That's just the way it is. Until you knock them off of the throne, they are the king. So why should they be concerned about it? I, the, everyone, you can look at the schedule and say that. Well, they haven't played anyone. Well, they didn't make the schedule. All they could do is play the opponents that are on the schedule. 
it, it, you know, I, I don't, you, we all know, I don't believe in trap games. I don't believe in, uh, you, you know, the, all the hype and everything. You have a schedule, you have a team, everyone else is a step to where you want to be. So Green Bay is the next step, just like Arizona was the last one. After that, there'll be another step. I don't know who is it. Is it Baltimore? Is yeah, it, um, it's Baltimore. Saying, okay, that's another step you have to try and take. The trick is just to get yourself to the dance. All all you're doing right now is fighting for a position and to get the games at home. But I'm not concerned about the gauntlet. They're a good team, and they've earned the right to be called a good team. So everybody else, shut up. Shut up. If, you know, if you're if you're going on the road and you have to play someone, okay, it's going to be a tough game on the road if you find a way to win it. But right now, it's going to be a tough game in Levi. That's all you can ask for. And right now, Green Bay better be prepared to play. That's the way I look at it. I'm a little bit different from ED. Surprise, of course surprise. You are. I, <laughs> I, I, I look at this and I'm not, I'm not one to subscribe to the whole theory that, oh, they haven't played anybody. You know, I, I never was a part of that. Um, you know, the schedule was what it was, um, you know, and, and they took care of their business. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. But I cannot ignore this stretch, though. Um, right now, as we stand here today in turn week 12, Niners have the toughest remaining schedule of anybody in the NFL. And yes, they are at the top of the mountain. They are the, the kings of the cloud right now. Um, but there's no denying this is a tough stretch. It's probably the toughest three-game stretch any team in the league has had to play, you know, this season. Obviously, you take one game at a time. And first off, you got, you know, the Sunday night flex uh, against the Packers. And so you, you handle one game at a time. But it's concerning because um, you, you have this game at home, of course, but then you go to Baltimore. Baltimore is playing as good as any team in the NFL right now, including the Niners. And then the, the the Superdome is never an easy place to play. You got to go down there and see Drew Brees and those boys, and they 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 aren't you know, they they've had their 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 hiccups here the, the last couple of weeks. Um, so it is a tough stretch. I'm not going to ignore that it, that it's not a tough stretch. Can the Niners get through this thing um, unscathed? Uh, I mean that that remains to be seen. I, but I, I do think the important thing is to keep yourself in position to where you can be able to get. Uh, and remain in that top seed. Um, Eric and I talked about in our last podcast, you know, you don't, these are the teams you're probably going to have to see again, right? You're probably going to have to see a Green Bay again. You're probably going to have to see a, a New Orleans again. Um, and, and if you're able to make it to February and, and Baltimore is able to make it there as well, you're probably going to have to see them again as well, right? Um, as for Baltimore, that's irrelevant, but you don't want to go to the Superdome. You don't, you do not want to go to Lambeau in January. Um, you don't. You want to you want to have these games at Levi. So I, the most important thing is just to try to hold on to this home field advantage, because as crazy as the NFL is, and I, I cannot stand this rule whatsoever. But um, right now for the 49ers, either they're first or fourth. There's no in between. Right. And, I, I, and, and that's just the way that it is. Um, so this is a very important stretch. Yeah, no, I, I, I lean more on your side, Rashawn, because uh, I'm thinking they're a good team, but this is the most important stretch of the year. Um, but back to you, Eric. The, the 49ers seem like they've stumbled upon a little piece of gold with Emmanuel Mosley. Can you tell us what's impressed you most about his ability to step in and play for the, you know, the injury through uh, Akella Witherspoon and to play on the other side of you know, a legend like Richard Sherman? And, and just how the young secondary has kind of stepped up and molded together. Okay. Well, quickly back to your comment about this being the toughest stretch in the most important stretch. It's it's important because they've won nine out of the games. If they had lost nine games, this stretch would mean nothing. 
Yep. And that's that's my point. Every everything you do is a step and, and, and adds relevance to the previous games. The, the, the next game matters because you did something with the previous game. That's where they are. Part of the reason they've been able to win these games, as you talked about, Emmanuel Mosley, guys stepping in, guys being able to perform at the level. You know, they, there's a standard that they're starting to show. Um, and, and these guys are playing well. E-man's come in. He's making plays. It's, it's, the confidence grows every single week where you see, um, you, you, you see a lot of young guys in position, but they're just not finishing. These guys um, are learning how to finish. Um, Weatherspoon was doing it earlier. Mosley is doing it now. You know what you're going to get out of Sherman because he's healthy. You guys all know that I was I was first on the bandwagon like Sherm, come put on the colors because I knew mm-hmm. he was going to get healthy and he was going to be the same player. I don't know why for some reason all of a sudden people thought he had gotten old and forgot how to play when he got injured. It was like he just needs to get healthy. He was a young player in his prime. He's going to be fine. We're starting to see that again. Uh, and he's also going to help the young guys become better pros we're starting to see these guys produce on the field uh the injuries have allowed uh you know Aquilo's uh witherspoon's injury has allowed emmanuel to get out there work on his craft and be productive and now it's only made the secondary better i think it's made the defense better i like what i see out of these guys they're going to improve uh as the as they get more reps but right now you know if you're Robert Sala, you know that you have three, four guys that you can put at the corner position and you can get the job done. So that, that's what that's the, the biggest part of all of it. And, and that's what I like when guys have been called. E-Man was called in to do work and he's been able to get it done and there hasn't been a drop off. That's important if you want to win at a high level. Yeah, no, I, that, that's a valuable part about the last couple of years, all the injuries, and these guys have had, had to play a lot of snaps the last couple of years and, you know, coming up in big spots this year to replace the guys who have been hurt this year. Um, this game, the Niners are going against the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are, are a really good running team. The Niners have had some issues um, against the run the last couple of weeks, Arizona, Seattle, Arizona, Seattle. Um, a little bit against the Carolina Panthers. What do you make of this run defense um, issues that they've had? Well, I I look at um, I look at Arizona and Seattle a little bit different than I look at Carolina in the sense that um, you know we talk about this all the time. Ed, every every defense struggles against a. a, a quarterback that can use his legs you know Russell Wilson was able to get some chunk plays with his legs on on a Monday night uh, Kyler Murray you know both games was able to do some things and be successful uh with his legs so I, I look at that a little bit different um Christian McCaffrey's an MVP candidate <laughs> mm-hmm. you know I mean it, it's only it's only so much you're going to be able to do against a guy like that and granted you know when when did those yards come right they were most of them were kind of like start of the third quarter when you know Niners kind of you know, maybe they took their their foot off the, the the gas a little bit, and 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 Carolina had that nice little third quarter, and it was a wake up shot, and Niners were able to wake up and they were able to handle business and and end up winning that one going away. Um, so I'm I'm not terribly concerned with the run defense right now. Um, I I think that I think they'll be okay. I, I think they'll be fine. Um, it, it, the what what does concern me is you know, and, and we'll get there eventually, right? Like Lamar Jackson, like he's gashed everybody. Right. Yeah. So 
Like but he's he's gonna gas them. Gonna he's gonna gas yeah, them too. And, and, that's, and, that's what he does. So you don't worry about that. You try to so, hold out everything else. Yeah. And, and so you you try to figure out how you can have some, some success. You know, pretty much despite that, right? Um, but I, I'm not I'm not too concerned about about the run defense whatsoever. Um, it, it's just the uh, it's the injuries. It's the heartbeat. Um, using losing Quan, I think that hurt. Um, and, and I think guys are you know trying to figure it up. I think Warner's played well recently. Uh, I think K1 has played pretty well. He's picked it up since since uh since since the injury. So um I think that's that's the one thing that's a little bit concerning is Quan because Quan Quan's the heartbeat. You know what I mean? He 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 got everybody amped up. He got everybody ready to go. So that right there, like that's tough. Like guys can run and tackle and do all those things, but you know that that energy guy, that 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 guy that brings that enthusiasm, that guy is hard to replace. And there's only so much Quan can do from the sideline. Yeah, no, still my favorite thing Quan did all year is in the Panthers game. Uh, he told them to get their sorry asses off the field after they dropped a pass on third down. And it was very clearly picked up by the uh, the TV broadcast, which is fantastic. I you love, love hearing that kind of stuff. Love hearing that kind of stuff. Um, switching over to the offensive side of the ball for the Niners, uh, the Packers' defense on paper looked really good, and they made some really good offseason moves. And that just ne- hasn't necessarily translated to – you know, the, the field all, for them this right? year. It hasn't, it hasn't translated, translated at all. Yeah. So, so how do they go? How do the 49ers go about attacking the Packers? You know, and, and with all the injuries they have right now, you know, Debo Samuel banged up, Emmanuel Sanders banged up, George Kittle, they said it's going to be down to the wire, although the practice videos today looked pretty good. So, you know, how do you think they go about attacking that Packers defense that is, you know, underperformed so far? First down, they don't play really good pass defense, so you take advantage of that. You try to get ahead of the change. You you threw the short passing. Uh, you know you you do a little bit of play action and not try to get huge chunk plays on it, but just stay ahead of the chains. They they their run defense is not really good. Kyle Shanahan likes to run the ball, even with Breida being hurt. You you still try to run the ball. He went away from the run last week because. The game dictated that he that he go away from the run, and and I'm okay with that. But against this team, you come out and you try to establish the run, but you do take advantage of the fact that they don't play pass defense well early um, in series. And I think Kyle, we all know Kyle's smart enough to to do that. He's a play calling wizard. He'll take advantage of that and keep keep stay ahead of the of the chains. Jimmy's really good when he's ahead of the chains, uh, and you know with down and distance. So that I don't see it being uh, that big of an issue. I, I really don't. I think offensively, this is a, they'll get back on track, and this would be one of those games where they don't have a hard time scoring. You know, getting three scores, they should get into the end zone at least three times. And if they get into the end zone three times, you're not going to beat the Niners. That's just that's just pretty much the way I see it. With unless you have that mobile quarterback. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, we know mobile quarterback can extend plays, but he's not a running quarterback. And, and any team that doesn't have a running quarterback, I think, is at a disadvantage uh, against this defense with all the speed it has. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I've been very uh, I've been trying to be objective about this Niners team, but now I'm starting to gain a little more confidence each week. And I don't I don't think the Niners lose this game. Um, and I don't because for the reason you just said, you know, Aaron is not as mobile as as Russell and, and Kyler. And yes, he can beat you with his arm. But if you can, you know, force him to stay in the pocket and with the with all the pressure that Eric Armstead, Buckner, Bosa can provide, mm-hmm. then, 
Um, you know, even guys like Solomon Thomas, you know, I've been pretty critical of him just because every time he's on the field, it seems like there's a big play being given up. But, you know, there's there are some plays where he's been able to stop the run and, and be productive. Um, what are you seeing out of guys like Julian Taylor um, and, and his his in, in his limited snaps? He's been doing so well. Are you seeing the same thing as I'm seeing? You know, he's, he's just stuffing the middle and just being super productive for a guy with limited snaps. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm seeing that as well. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you what you're saying. You're you're seeing, you're 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 seeing someone take advantage of the opportunities that they're given. I'm sitting here looking at Rashawn. I didn't I didn't know if, if Rashawn was about to jump in there or not. That's, that's the thing about it. I'm just sitting here just looking at it. you know. I'm trying to let you talk, man, because you always say I talk too much, and I'm trying to let you talk. Man. And you 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 ne- you ne- never heard me say no such a thing, Ed. You see, no, I don't know why people. You see what's happening. Company comes around, and then he wants to act all nice. You should see him trying to show out when it's just the two of us. That's just how it is. Right, that's it. But but you know, you, you said it. That that's that's the key. And then I'm gonna give this this back to you, Rashad. The the key is. Making certain that you take advantage of the opportunities. That's how that's how a team is becomes a really good team. It's guys understanding their role and taking pride in their role. And when and, and if you get five snaps or fifty snaps, you're gonna put the same effort in trying to be productive in that amount of in that amount of time. And that's what you're saying. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, I think without question, the the MVP, if you're gonna take it by position group, it, it'll be the defensive line. But I, I taking advantage of opportunities, right? And and this was a huge talking point for us, especially after the Seattle game, you know, winning the turnover battle um, and still losing that game, losing that game because you're, you're unable to, to handle opportunities and sudden change. You're unable to make Seattle pay for those turnovers um, that, that your defense forced. Hell, the defense was like, screw it. We'll score ourselves. We'll get a strip. We'll get a scoop and a score <laughs> yeah. ourselves. You know what I mean? Cause, cause the offense can't handle it. So that, that's, that's huge for me in this game and in all the games, you know, especially once we get to January, because you you better be able to make some people pay for their mistakes um, once you get to, to to that time of year, start playing big football games, which this is, you know, it um, this is a big football game coming up on Sunday night. Um, but and going back to, to your your other question about the offense, for me, every week is it, it's like the chronicles of Jimmy G, right? And and it, I, it may be overkill. But he's the quarterback, right? So all eyes are going to be on him, and it's how. What's the next step going to be? You know, what what's it going to be this time? Last week, um, I on our show, I gave him I gave him the game ball after the Arizona win, just because I felt like it was an ugly game, right? It, it it wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination, but he he battled, you know, like he threw some bad balls, some terrible balls, and and some of them went to the to the wrong team. Um, but he still battled, and they will continue to come back. They continue to come back and, and overcome that 16-point uh, deficit. This time, it's Sunday night. It's Aaron Rodgers, you know. And and, and one thing that you know we all kind of say, you know, we, we kind of pump up like quarterback versus quarterback battles. And there are a lot of people that try to dispel that that myth or that notion. Um, but working with Ed, you know, he he said flat out, like, yeah, Jimmy G is playing against Aaron Rodgers this Sunday, you know. Um, and I think that that's huge. Like this is 
this is probably the first premier quarterback that he's gone up against. Um, so, so being so, able so to wait, oh, oh, wait, oh, hey, ho, ho, hey, hey, so you know, you, right, you, watch your, you, you, you cannot, I am not going to let you get away with saying that Russell Wilson is not a premier quarterback. Oh, my, 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 my bad, my bad, my, my, well, he's, he, my, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. You, you got me, you got me, you got me. No, Russell Wilson, he's probably the, the MVP of the league. Are you, although Lamar's coming on strong, but, um, but, but this is another opportunity, right? Aaron Rodgers and, and, and all the, you know, the history behind him, you know, being a NorCal guy, many 49er fans still upset that they didn't take him number one over, that's, over Russell Wilson. That's McCarthy. Um, I mean, over, over Alex Smith. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, that's Mike McCarthy. But, Mike, I told you about that. You did. You guys know that story, right? Mm-hmm. But but please let everybody else know. Let's go back over that story. Oh well, Mike McCarthy was the offensive coordinator at the time. He was a quarterbacks coach, and 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 he had a, really a big say on who they were going to draft at that time. Um, and and the guy that he wanted, the guy that he thought was was the better of the two, the guy that he thought would be the better player. Um, and, and that he put his vote down for was Alex Smith. He wanted to coach Alex Smith. He wanted Alex Smith to be the guy because he believed that that was going to be the future, the next guy. He didn't want any parts of, of Aaron Rodgers, but he only just took the job the very next year to go coach Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> and we fairness, see how that turned out. I mean, in fairness, Alex, Alex turned out pretty good once he got some coaching. So, I mean, we got to give him that at least. Oh, no, Alex, Alex, uh, yeah. Alex is Alex is the only quarterback I think that will ever be in the history of football that came in the, that he came in. The number one pick of the draft, total fanfare, was bits for play, considered a bust, came back, had a rebirth at the team, um, and became a solid player and won playoff games, big-time playoff games for that team, all in the same colors. Another quarterback will never do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you just have to find a, a bigger— yeah, you, you won't find a bigger Alex Smith apologist than me. Like, I'm, I'm a huge Alex Smith. I, I liked Alex Smith coming out of college. I loved Aaron Rodgers coming out of college. Um, so I, I was kind of in that 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 Rodgers boat. But yeah, but going back to Jimmy G, I mean, you you how did it work out against Russell Wilson, right? You took your first L of the season, right? You got another, you know, who many people think is the top, you know, top three, top five quarterback in the league coming up here, coming to your house once again on a Sunday night, prime time. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth going to be there. It's the number one rated show on all of TV. Eric says it may not be that big of a deal just because it's Sunday night football because they have some some does sometimes. But, I mean, I this is a huge game, and this is a great showing for Jimmy G to, to continue to take the next step. Every game is about him taking the next step, and, and people now are – or they're trying to force him to beat them. The, the Cardinals dared him twice. After the first one on Halloween, they said, oh, it was a fluke. You can't do it again. And sure enough, he was able, you know, barely he was able to do it. He did it, um, although, you know, he had to overcome some adversity. But he did it again uh, this past Sunday. So here's, here's an opportunity for him against Aaron Rodgers uh, on Sunday night football in prime time with the entire country watching um, I think it's I think it's a huge step for, for it's a huge game for the team, but it's a huge step in his maturation. Now, we, we talked a little bit about the, the guys that are a little banged up for Jimmy G. They'd be catching the ball. Uh, one of the guys we didn't bring up, Dante Pettis. We, we got to know over here. What are y'all Uh-oh. seeing with Dante Pettis? Because uh, from what I'm gathering is. I don't know if he loves football. 
He just seems like one of those guys that might not be all the way there <laughs> mentally. And it's a it's a well, Matt Mayoko shared out that that video on Instagram, and and Mayoko doesn't seem like the kind of guy that has an axe to grind. So if he shares something, I kind of you know my ears perk up, my eyes widen a little bit because I pay attention to what he has to say. So what are y'all seeing from Dante Pettis? And where do you think he's at? You know, with with his relationship with this team. Well, my first my first question to that question would be, uh, what constitutes a guy loving football? How how do you how do you look at someone and say that they don't love football? I mean, he's he's out there. He's in, you're in the grind. You are performing. Do do we do? Does anyone believe that he doesn't want to play well? Does anyone believe that he's not trying to make plays? Does anyone believe that he doesn't want to do things to help his team win? Is that is that what you call not loving football? Or maybe you think, go ahead. Maybe not loving football is not the right way to phrase it. That's probably not the right way to phrase it. Um, it's just he doesn't show the same fire. Now, again, this, this is what we see on TV. This is what we see from practice. This is what we see um, in the game where he drops a pass and he doesn't have that same fire. You know, when, when Jimmy has a receiver drop a pass, Jimmy is fired up. He's ready to, he's ready to go. And it, well, doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like Dante oh, Pettis has the same emotion. Now, that may just be his personality. Okay, he may so, not, so, not so, so hold on. So wait a minute. Who, who, who cheers when they do something wrong? Does Jimmy does Jimmy um have a whole bunch of fire when he when he short hops one into the ground? Does Jimmy have when Jimmy throws bad balls like we've seen him throw at from time to time? Do do you see Jimmy going all crazy and being pumped up the same way he is when he makes a good play? I've seen Jimmy throw interceptions and just kind of walk off the field. I've seen Jimmy throw balls literally short hop balls and he walks away. No no one you, when when a defensive lineman misses a tackle. You don't you don't see him um, or he or he goes into the wrong hole. You don't see these guys showing emotion. No one wants to bring attention to themselves when they do something wrong. But every receiver, every, every receiver does a dance when he catches the ball. If they get a first <laughs> down, they want to point first down. So so that part of it doesn't bother me. The, the issue with Pettis is not about the emotion he shows or doesn't show. I don't care about that. Are you productive? He's inconsistent. Footballs are not be, football's not about being good. Pro sports aren't about being good. They're about being consistent. Pettis is capable of making good plays. We've seen that. We saw him make big plays mm-hmm. in the Pittsburgh game. You, uh, we've also seen him drop balls. We've seen every player out there do the same thing. I've seen Kittle drop balls. You've seen Kittle make more plays than bad plays, good plays than bad plays. He's just more consistent. So that's the thing about it. It's about being consistent. It's not about the emotion. And I'm not going to sit here. And 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 you know and you said that was the wrong term, um, saying loving the sport. I, I hate when people do that. And you've already said that that you phrased it the wrong way. But just in general, that's how people will view it. Like this guy doesn't care. He doesn't. You know, he's not emotional. You know, he he's not really all in. Of course he is. Of course he is. He want he wants to perform. He's just trying to figure out how can I get this done? How can I consistently do this? Because it's not about the physical. Playing well, you earlier you brought up, um, you know, uh, E-Man, you were talking about Mosley. And the thing about being a player at this level, it's not anything physical. It's about your head. You're good. You, you, you have the physical ability to be on the field or you wouldn't be on the field. Why, the reason one guy is more consistent than the other is that he figures out how to channel that focus to where he can do the things necessary to make a play. That's what Pettis is going through right now. He's got to figure it out. I don't know if he will because there's no magic formula 
to that. It's like teaching a DB when to look back for a ball. I can, I can teach you can teach a DB how to get in position, how to put his hands on a guy, how to run with a route, but you can't tell him now is the time that you know you're in control and look for the ball. It's a feel thing. And you either learn it or you don't. And it's the same with Pettis. He's going to learn to be comfortable making plays or he won't. And the Niners need him to learn how to do it or, or he'll be gone. It's that simple. I, I don't know that this is the reason, but so he, he, he he's a Southern California guy, right? He, he played high he played his high school football down in SoCal and he was uh, vastly overlooked, right? Um, a lot of guys, you know, run the recruiter ranks ranked ahead of him, you know, guys like Juju Smith Schuster, he came out uh, the same year as uh, as Dante, um, bunch of other guys who uh, were much more highly touted, but you know didn't have the success. Um, and he kind of bursted onto the scene at Washington. It was a little bit of a surprise, um, but it happened, you know, fairly quickly for him. And, and he gets into a situation not now with the 49ers where he's not that under the radar guy anymore, but things are expected of him. And you know this could be just new territory for him. This could just be something that 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 he has to that he has to deal with, that, that he has to be able to, to be able to handle. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not speaking this as fact as, as this, this is something that, that he's actually going through, but this, this is kind of how the progression of his career has gone, going back, going back to his high school days. So um, I think it's, it's an interesting situation that he finds himself in right now. And obviously when, when you look at this, obviously the guy can play the game, right? If not, he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't be here. He wouldn't have been as highly touted coming out of the, coming out of Washington and being, being as coveted as he was by, you know, this Niners organization. Um, but it has to come together somehow, some way for him. And, and maybe, you know, maybe San Francisco isn't the place for it to come together for him. Maybe, maybe a change of scenery may do him well. Um, whatever it is, it, it's, it's you you would think in AED you could probably speak better to this than I than I can you know this is a guy that knows how to play the game but for whatever reason it's not happening for him you got to think it, it it has to be it has to be mental right it's definitely not the physical tools the physical skills because those are all there um but it has to be him you know not being able to take advantage of those opportunities to kind of one mistake after another after another and it could be just a situation where he can't he can't get out of his own head at this particular point and um and Kyle 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 has challenged him, you know, multiple times. And, I, and the last time he did mm-hmm. uh, the week after the Seattle game, I mean, I, I thought that was glaring. You know, he 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 in his press conference, I think it was on a Monday or Tuesday, you know, he he talked about the opportunities that that Dante was getting that he was not taking advantage of. And, um, you know, and, and, and it, it was a message sent. And so how does he respond from that? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he got any reps against the Cardinals. He, he certainly didn't have a catch. Just um, I, I don't remember him seeing him on the field. once that. Yeah, I don't remember seeing him on the, on the field at all. Um, and so that this is this is a huge. This could be a huge turning point for him and his career going forward. Whether whether it's in a Niners uniform or whether it's somewhere else. Yeah, you know, with with Dante, I've been a, a fan of Dante's. I was you know praising him all last season, and and um, it's more just I think. It, I guess what it is on the field, you know, you see him not running through his routes and the drop balls and things like that. Those things add up, and I'm pretty sure they're affecting him, you know, and I, I think that he doesn't want to have to have these things happen. No one wants to fail at their job. Um, but, you know, it's at this point the Niners have, you know, they found something in Debo Samuels. They have Emmanuel Sanders, and then George Kittle should be back this week. Um, 
this this Green Bay defense gives up a lot of yards, but not a lot of points. Um, and Ed said it. You know, if the Niners score three times, they should win this game. But on the other side of the ball, with Jimmy and this run in this run game to get going, um, how I guess is I guess George Kittle's earned himself a pretty big contract because you see the the rush offense has been struggling the last three weeks. Um, what do you where where do the Niners feel they need to attack, or what are you seeing on tape that the Niners need to attack the Green Bay defense with? Well, I think it's the the I think it's how how the Packers going to defend them. Yeah. Right. Like. Like, like are, are they going to do what the Cardinals did to, you know, two of the last three weeks and, and say, Jimmy G, I dare you? Um, and if not, then obviously, like E.D. said earlier, you know, Kyle wants to run. So he's going to gash the running game. Um, he's going to gash him in the running game. Um, there's – I'm a huge Raheem. We, we call him Radio Raheem on our show. I love Raheem Moses. Yeah, um, I, and I'm I'm I, I'm not happy about Breeders' injury, but I am happy about the fact that he's able to get some more touches as a result of it. Um, so I, I'm not really too concerned about the run game. If if it's there, they will certainly take advantage of it. But I think a lot of it has to do with this Green Bay defense and what do they decide to take away. Um, and and Eric brought up a good point on our show last week. Um, you know, we saw it, it was a difference, right, in the Rams game. The, the, the yards were sparse. The Rams tried to take away the running game, which they did to an extent. But Kyle, you know, he was committed to, to running the ball that day. Uh, Sunday, he ditched it. He said, you know what? You know, we're, we're just we're just going to use our passing game as, as an extension of of our run game. And E.D. broke it down beautifully on our show, you know, earlier this week. You know, where, where, where Kyle was it was just short passes. Jimmy G, get the ball, get it out of your hands. And now it's just going to be as good as a run. So, you know, it could be a repeat of that. And, and if that happens, then, you know, I'm perfectly fine with that. We've seen Debo's, Debo's taken a huge step these last two weeks. You know, on, 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 on Monday night, it was like, okay, he looks like he may be the only guy that's ready for prime time in this wide receiver core, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with, yeah. with, the, with the injury to, to Emmanuel and, and no Kittle, right? And then he comes back and he repeats it. Right. And in ED, what do you say all the time about about repeating performances? Um, it, it, it was huge. He comes with he, he finishes that that 100 yard week with another 100 yard week. And, and a receiver hasn't had three 100 yard games since Jay Rice in 1995. I think it was for the Niners. Yikes. So if, 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 he's, yes. if he's able to have a big game on, on Sunday night, I think that could be huge. 1995 guys. No receivers had three straight 100 yard games since since Jerry Lecrae did it back then. Um, that's that's incredible. I saw that stat the other day. I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, what I always say about that repeat, you know, confidence comes from doing. And, and that's that's the thing. Hey, about, we call about, those Ericisms on the show, guys. It's, I don't, I don't know it's, 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 but it's just it's real. That, that's the thing. You guys, guys all the time used to talk out on the field and they talk all the trash and and say all the things when they were talking. And I used to always ask them, like, who are you trying to convince me or you? <laughs> you, you, you know, if, if, if you can do it, why are we talking about it? <laughs> show me. And so when you, and that's the thing about it, the confidence when when you when you make you know back to pet you know Pettis, if you make enough plays, you're not worried about whether or not you can make a play. Debo, you make plays, you're not worried about it. That's what I've said about um, Garoppolo. You you make plays, you win games, you you get your team in the right call, you set the protection properly. All these things they'll they'll work out. Um, Kyle, right now back to the question, you know, how do I think they're going to attack this uh, defense? Mike Pettin. 
3-4 guy, you know, a 3-4. Kyle likes to run the ball. That's that stretch zone. You try to get on the edges. A 3-4 defense, and you run away from the big boys right up front. That's what it's designed. It's designed for those big boys to clog the middle, and you have the, your backers on the edges, so they're going to try to get to the edge. Make those big boys have to move, create some lanes, and then see if that's working. Now, if they start loading it up, you start getting eight, nine guys in the box, you do the same thing you did. You know, you just said it. Uh, Rashawn, you just you start just you use the short pass. It's the West Coast offense. You use those short pass to be your run. It's an extension of your running game. You get it out of Jimmy's hand. They're easy control uh, throws for him. You don't have to worry about mistakes. You don't have to take the ball out of his hand the way he did in Seattle, which I thought was excellent coaching when he realized that you know, Kyle realized that Jimmy was a, a was a, was becoming a turnover machine. Like he was trying to throw the ball away down the middle of the field. He couldn't see things right. So I'm going to take the middle of this field away from you. You're going to throw it outside, short passes. You're going to, you're going to do that. He, he started this game, short passes. Uh, once he saw the run wasn't there, we're not going to force it down the middle. We're going to throw the, the outside routes, the, 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 the uh, check downs. We're going to throw swing passes. Use that as your running game. That's what I expect them to do if they have to counter it. But the way Green Bay has been playing the run, I'm trying to establish the run against these guys. I think this may be a game more like the Rams game to where he was committed to it. And, you know, my, my, my partner here is like, oh, man, that was a bad day. I was like, dude, they had 100 yards. They had 99 yards. Yeah. So, 1 yards per carry. That's, that's okay, but they, but, they, but they were committed <laughs> enough to where if you get 100 yards rushing, that means you're controlling the clock, you're controlling the offense, you're keeping the opposing offense. That's why I say all the time, Quarterbacks play against one another because the things that you are doing under center completely and directly affect what the play caller on the other side of, of the field is able to do and the direction he's going to have to go in. So if Kyle can keep them committed to the run like that, then Aaron Rodgers' opportunities are limited. And now what he has to do is going to be affected and that the defense now has a different way in which they have to play him. That's why that's why that 99 yards matter. I still can't get you to understand that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I, I applaud him for doing it, for, for sticking with it. I mean, that's some I love you commitment. That's some that's some he went to Jared's type commitment right there. I mean, it was I mean, it was tough. It was, they it won was the game. The, they won the game. They what? They did. They did. So I give you that. And you so know, he was right. A hair shy of 100 <laughs> yards. Yeah, he, he was right. I mean, he's been right. He's been right more times than not this season, and 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 I think that's been good. And I think that's the reason for you know such a huge turnaround this year, along with you know the the, the maturation of some guys and, and and injuries and whatnot. But I, I think Kyle has done this thing um, tremendously, right? I mean, this is year three, and you know you you I think coaches normally by year three they kind of get an idea. You kind of get an idea of like where the program is going, and I think he's taking a huge step this year. I give I give him all the credit in the world. Um, you know, he's he, he's our he's both of us. We had him as our coach of the year, you know, at, at the midway point. Can I say <laughs> one thing, though, in this? Kyle became a much better coach um, because, yes, he's getting a lot of credit and all this stuff. But uh, Kyle's a really uh, he's a much better coach because he has a much better locker room, much better roster. They're just yeah. better. The team's better. They're bigger. They're stronger. They're faster. They're quicker. Um, they're smarter. Uh, because they you have guys who have been in the system a long time. So Kyle's a much better coach because <laughs> this is this team is far better than it was 
uh, just physically, yeah. it's far better than it was three yeah. years ago. Yeah. That's just no. the old saying, right? It's not about the X's and the O's. It's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And he's got some really good Jimmy's and a lot of good Joe's yeah. uh, on this roster. And, and he's, um, and he's yeah, got Jimmy and back, so there's, that helps too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got that Jimmy G guy too, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, the last one for me, um, you know, this is – to go what you were saying about – the team's bigger, faster, stronger. You know, I've been of the mindset of a, a four-year rebuild, and this is year three of everything. Um, you know, the, the whole conversation between Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, um, I know that we're supposed to talk about the, the preview of this game, but this is just a conversation now. Um, with, <laughs> with, 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 like you just said. <laughs> we can talk. We like to talk. What, 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 <laughs> like you said is, um, you know, the talent has gotten better, and that's the same thing that happened when, when Sean McVay took over the Rams. He had talent in place. And mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess my question is, are you do you prefer this type of roster construction that the, the 49ers have done over the last three years as opposed to what Sean McVay and the Rams have done, where they will go out, use all these draft picks, acquire talent like Brandon Cooks, who has concussion problems now, uh, Jalen Ramsey, you're going to have to pay him. Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. You know, that's that guy's we'll leave him out of this. But Todd Gurley is a running back. He's got knee issues. And you have, now you're down to just Cooper Cup and Robert Woods is banged up. Do you would you do you prefer the the slow road with the Niners have taken versus the Rams expedited you know let's get to Super Bowl now let's win 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 and then kind of figure it out as we go and you see they're struggling I mean they're still six and four can, but they're not the same team as they've been the last two years. Can, can I say this one, Ed, first before before you get all all oh, into go, it? Go ahead, go ahead. So <laughs> so so we've talked about this briefly on our show. I personally. I think the Rams are done. I think I think that window, I think this is the last year of that window. I think that window is closing quickly. And it may close this season without them even getting to the dance. Um, so to answer your question, no. I, I think they 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 paid golf way too early. Um, they they gave Gurley all that money and that you just mentioned it, he's hurt now. Obviously, you know, Aaron Donald's a, is a, is a difference maker. Um, you know, so you pay him. Trading and Eric and I both agreed to this one, you know, because we talked about maybe Jalen Ramsey being a fit for the Niners, but you don't give up two ones for him, right? You give up two ones. So you give up two ones, you invest that much into a guy. So you're going to have to pay him, right? There's not enough money to go around. So you look at that roster next year. Um, Cooper Cup is probably still going to be there, right? They're probably going to have to extend them, but somebody's got to go, right? Robert Woods could likely be the odd man out. Robert Woods is very important to the construction of that roster, to mm-hmm. what they do, whether it's his playmaking ability, whether it's his blocking downfield. Like, do you guys realize this man, this man blocks so well that the yeah, running backs, they, the running backs, they presented all the offensive linemen in the offseason with gifts, whether it's a watch or whatever, or what have you. Robert Woods got one of those gifts as well because of how great a, of a blocker he is. Um, he, I'm, I'm a huge Woody guy. Um, and, and so if if you're going to do it, it, it better work. And they got to the Super Bowl last year, but they fell short. If, if that Super Bowl ended, them, ended with them winning a the banner, then, hey, you take the banner, all is well, all is good. But it didn't. They fell short. They're walking around with second place rings. And that window has closed drastically on them. I, I don't I don't see where they go from here. I, mean, I, know, I know there's a lot of flexibility in the NFL with roster, with, with contract construction, things of that nature. But I'm just not sure how they can do it around with so much big money. You got big money tied on so many guys. Um, I think it's tough. When you look at the, what the Niners have done, you know, you go out, you get a quarterback in Jimmy G. 
the, none of these, none, with the exception of Tevin, you, you look at Reggie O'Rahim, you look at Brita, guys that are contributing in the backfield, undrafted guys. Um, you, you, like, like I, I think it's been constructed beautifully, and I think it all plays into the strengths of the head coach and what it is that he wants to do. Go ahead, Indy. Uh, I don't have a problem with either of the philosophies. It's a question of, you know, what is your philosophy and what's going on? The problem with the Rams, unlike uh, Rashawn, I don't think I don't think the Rams have a lot of talent and they're not dead. Uh, They just have to get some other guys in some places. What the the, the issue with the with the um, with the Rams right now, and I'm going to get off them quickly because who wants to talk about the Rams? (laughs) Um, The issue with the Rams right now is that they have. They, they are their philosophy is based on what they had as opposed to what they have. By that, I mean that um, that um, Sean McV- that McVeigh is still trying to do. You're right. He's still trying to do some of the same things he did when he had the healthy line and he had the healthy running back and he had uh, two steps uh, up on all the defensive coordinators. Now that everyone has studied his offense, they know what's going on. He has some injuries. The level of play is not the same um, as, uh, you know, with the backups that he had with this, with the front uh, tier guys. He hasn't adjusted well enough. So it's time for him to go back into the lab. And he's a smart play caller. I think he'll be able to figure that out. He's going to have to learn to adjust. Because remember, he's new at this, too. He's very young at being being that head coach play caller. He's very young at that. So I think I think he has to do some of that. I don't have a problem with them making the trades. If you if you identify a guy that you think is a long term guy for you, like a Jalen Ramsey, if you want him, you pay him. I don't care. I, I disagree with the fact that when you say there's not enough money to go around, there's always enough money to pay a guy that you want to pay. Sal- salary cap is salary cap is an excuse when you don't want to pay a guy. When you want to pay a guy. They find ways to prorate money, to give bonuses, to do whatever, to to give another, you know, to add years on somewhere. They always pay guys that they want to pay. So the salary cap is never an issue when it's someone you want. Only when, just remember that and watch it as as you go on from now. It's only an issue when it's a guy that they don't want to pay. That's when it's that's when it's the the, the talk starts to come from upstairs. We don't have enough money to go around. Um, the, salary cap wasn't an issue when you had to pay Aaron Donald. Salary cap's not an issue when you want to get when you want to get Jimmy Garoppolo, and see that's the same thing with the Niners. So it's it's a little of both because the Niners. I mean, you make you trade for D Ford, you go and you get Jimmy Garoppolo, and and you give him a big contract. Um, you're you're gonna you're gonna get some guys. You go out and you get a Richard Sherman. You didn't raise him. You go out and you get Richard Sherman, who's a big contributor. So they're doing some of the same things. Um, it, it's, it's just it's a part of it. And now what you have to do to be a good team, you have to get lucky in some spots, just like the Rams got lucky with Cooper Cup. Um, we you, 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 so got lucky it, with George Kittle in the fifth round. So there, there you go with George Kittle. That's what you have to have. You, you have you have to you, you know, you if if they had known Brita was as good as he was going to be, he they would have drafted him earlier. One of the realest things I ever heard from a coach was when Mike Shanahan and Mike and I talk a lot and we're real cool. Mike, Mike told me this. Mike, Mike was uh, being you know touted as this genius because he had that string of all the thousand yard rookie mm-hmm. running backs and you know and being able to find that guy. And and one of the realest comments ever was when he, he was like, "Guys, stop for a second. He said it himself. He said, "Do you really think I would have allowed?" Um, 
Terrell Davis to be drafted in the sixth round if I knew he was going to be that good? He was like, he, he was like, hell, he would have been my first pick. <laughs> so it's not. So that's that, so to, to be good, you have to get lucky um, at the later rounds. And the reason I say lucky is because if if you thought they were better, if um, John, if, if Lynch thought Kittle was going to be the player that he is, there is no way he would have given that many people an opportunity to pick him first. OK, he got lucky. He got lucky. Kittle's do, did the work, but John got lucky. And you have to have some of you have to have a little bit of both. So the way you build your roster, I'm OK. It's, it's just identifying a guy It's like the quarterback. I said it when they got Jimmy. Everyone's like, is he worth it? Is he this? Is he that? I said, all I know is that you have to have one. And when you identify that guy, he's your guy. You go get him, whatever the whatever the cost. If your defense has to be run, if it's if it's corner centric and you and you say Jalen Ramsey, I have to have him to be successful over not just this season, but over the next three, four years to make the run that we want to run. Because remember, teams are looking out a GM, a GM's job. That's why coach GM head coach GM is an oxymoron. Head coach's job is to win now. A GM's job is to own the ongoing good of the team. So I'm giving up two picks. Is this guy worth this, that next, those next couple of picks? Am I going to find a guy who can do what he can do for the next five years? If you think Jalen Ramsey is your guy, Wade Phillips can't run his defense without good corners, then you got to have him. I'm okay with it. It's just, it's just a question of what your philosophy is. But what we have seen is that the Niners system is working for them and the Rams have had some success with theirs. We'll see if they can prolong it and we'll see what type of success the Niners have with theirs. Because as of now, um, it's still the Jimmy thing where I say he's not a franchise quarterback because he hasn't done a damn thing for the franchise yet. This team hasn't won anything yet. I'm hoping they do. But as of right now, you know what? They've they've been having a good half of a year. And we have to remember that. Yeah, no, and and you're absolutely right. There's it's just the two different philosophies of building the team. The only issue I have with Jalen Ramsey, I'm gonna say one last thing on the on the Rams. Ah, you're killing me. You're killing me, you're killing me small. <laughs> one last thing. Because me and Javi both said that he Jalen Ramsey is worth two ones to the 49ers. He is. He was going to be that that game changer for us. Now, obviously, E-Man stepped up, and he made us look silly. So back back before we knew what E-Man was, Jalen Ramsey is worth two ones. The only issue I have with the, the Rams going out and getting Jalen Ramsey for two first overall picks is they traded for a guy who was getting upset that he had Blake Bortles as his, as his quarterback, and they go out and trade for him, and now he's playing with Blake Bortles' West Coast and Jared Goff. And this guy's just not. Jake Bortles is in that locker room also. He's he the, is, the yeah. backup quarterback there too. Yeah, they were taking pictures and sending them to uh, Leonard Fournette and having a little bit of fun with him on Twitter. That was a good time. Uh, but I think they're about to get the same upset Ramsey that he was before because I I, I agree with you, Rashawn. I think they're going to fall off a cliff here very quickly just because they the offensive line is old, defense isn't going to be able to pay everybody. You know, you you dumped all that money into Goff and he can't handle the pressure. But anyway. Enough about the Rams. Back to the 49ers. So the last thing we do from everybody is we get a prediction for the game from both of y'all. So who do you think wins? What do you think the score is? How do you see this game going? 
go go ahead, Ray. Ray Shane. Oh, oh boy, I, I I didn't know it would be arithmetic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Sunday night, uh, I like the Niners in this one. Um, let's see, last time Packers came out to to California, Chargers put hands on them pretty good. Um, they got after it with their defensive line. I don't know that it'd be that. I think it'd be a, a, a much tighter game. Um, I think that may may have been a little bit of slapping the, the face to to the Packers. Um, so I say Niners by ten. All right. 24, 20, 20, 24 or twenty-four fourteen. All right. Edie, what you got for us? I, I reluctantly take the Niners in this one. Um, Football is about matching up. I think that the Niners do match up well. Um, Aaron hasn't been turning over the ball that that much, and I think this game is going to come down to um, – I think this is a one-score game, and I think it's going to come down to uh, turnovers, the, the, the defense that can create um, the, the most turnovers and, and give their team an, an easy score. I think that's how it's going to be. Um, but but yeah, I do. I, I think it's going to be a one score game. I think it's going to be a close game. I I I and and it's just it's just something eerie about this one to me because normally because you you know Rashawn normally I'm just like okay this is this is easy. Um, this I'm, I'm is, scared. I'm scared this now. Is, I'm scared. This this, this, is just one, this this is just this just feels it just feels like a weird game to me. Um, yeah, and, and, and I think it's going to come down to the to the turnovers. I, I think the Niners win it. It's a home game. Uh, I think that the energy and everything that's, that comes from playing at, at home it will be in their favor because the last thing you want to do is this time of year play a night game in Green Bay. Whew. Yeah. But, um, mm. but but that's that's where I am. I'm not big on I'm not big on um, numbers. You know, you know, like the like the guys that give it's going to be twenty seven to twenty. You know, I don't I I, I can always. I just have a feeling like, you know, we win, they lose, and it's close or it's not. I think I think we win and it's close. That's how I feel about this one. That's that's fair. We, we um, have because these nice people have invited us on their podcast, EDU, <laughs> completely change bodies. Normally I'm the apprehensive Like, oh, I don't know. This is, like I was tripping against before the Cardinals game this past week. I was like, oh, this might get tricky. <laughs> no, but but yeah, that but, but wait a minute. Heard him say this but with the Cardinals game, what did I tell you? I said I I said it was gonna be close. I said, but the Cardinals, I said the Cardinals played just hard enough to lose. Didn't I tell you that? Just hard enough to lose. Just that's hard that's enough to lose. The bird is cursed. That's 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 my exact words. I told you <laughs> it's cursed. You know it when you put it on your helmet. You're cursed, and the, and you play just hard enough to lose. That's going to happen. This is a game right now that 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 particular turnover can cause there. That's what's going to cause the team to lose this game. Um, we know Jimmy will try and force the ball in situations that could be disastrous this week. But guess what? Aaron Rodgers does the same thing. He throws the ball to more covered receivers than anyone in the league. So it's it's a question of which defense is going to come up with the play. The Niners have a better defense. I feel that they'll that that's going to give them the edge in this one at home, and then they win the game. Yeah, no, I agree with Ed on this one. It's going to be close. I'm a little apprehensive on it too, just because it's still Aaron Rodgers on the other side, and uh, they have a pretty good defense. You know, mm-hmm. our wide receivers haven't proven anything yet, except for outside of Emmanuel Sanders. So, that you know, there's issues there. But, no, that's um, that's exactly kind of how I feel about this game. But, you know, gentlemen, we appreciate you guys coming on. 
Um, we ran a little bit long, but that's fine. We appreciate every everything from you guys. Um, check them out on the Believe Podcast Network. So it's Believe in 49ers, correct? That is it. Believe, Believe in, in 49ers. 49ers. Yeah. And any, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. And uh, the um, with Rashawn, tell them where they can find you at on Twitter and, and ED. Let them know where they can find you. So that's at R Haylock on Twitter, R H A Y L O C K on Twitter. Underscore Eric Davis underscore the same one I used to have that I killed. It's back. <laughs> underscore Eric Davis underscore. Great. Then, gentlemen, we appreciate it, man. It's it, it's been a pleasure. It's been a blast. This is probably one of our um, better episodes here. We we really really enjoyed this one, and um, you know we appreciate you guys coming on. All hey, good, thanks man. for having us. Take it uh, easy, bye. fellas. Peace. Here, bye. All right, we want to thank Rayshon uh, Haylock and Eric Davis for joining us. That was awesome. Um, for those of you guys who just getting into our conversation, me and Matt, um, those two gentlemen are were very gracious with their time and gave us some really great answers and some really good content. Um, check them out on their podcast, I Believe in, Believe Podcast Network. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V. Um, and you can check them out on Eric Davis' page or um, Ray Sean's page on Twitter. Uh, definitely really good contact. Find them anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, but this is this is the Fourth and Gold podcast. Um, I'm Javi. That is Matt for our new listeners and our old listeners, our new listeners. We are getting a lot more. We appreciate everyone listening and tuning in every week uh, for our previews and, and review uh, of each game. But the Packers come in eight and two. They are off a bye week. Uh, they seem to be getting healthy at the right time. And the Niners have had some positive reports today uh, from their practice practices with Debo practicing in limited capacity, Kittle practicing with a non-contact jersey. Um, and, you know, the Niners seem to have some guys coming back just in time for this matchup. Matt, how do we feel about this game? Man, I can't even think about this game right now. I'm still thinking about when ED shoved me into a locker and stole my lunch money. I'm still trying to get over <laughs> this, man. I bring up Dante Pettis and he just he's bodies me, man. Goodness gracious. That's the difference between us and, and, and former NFL players, man. They know they really, really, really know what they're talking about. Um, so, again, yeah. much appreciative uh, of, of those two guys coming on, Rashawn and, 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 of course, ED. They were fun. That was a good time, man. And the conversations we had off the air were even better. So yeah, we'll, for we'll sure. Divulge that stuff. He, he, uh, ED dropped a truth bomb on us. Blew our mind a little <laughs> bit. We can't talk about it, but he, he dropped a truth bomb on us. Uh, but this game... I'm with you guys. I'm a little apprehensive about this game, right? It it just feels kind of like a classic letdown game. I'm not going to say trap yeah. game because it's not a trap game because the Packers are a good football team. Not yeah. a trap game. A letdown game where you you know they, they 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 sandwich a Seattle loss with Cardinals wins and they come into this one and it just feels like I just have a gut feeling they're going to come out flat. I hope I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but that's just kind of how I feel about this you know waiting until Sunday night a lot of these guys are not used to primetime like meaningful primetime games yeah they've obviously played primetime games throughout their careers but this is like again like they did against Seattle they kind of came out a little flat hopefully they learn from that gotta hope so because this is a third primetime game in in four weeks right yeah they played Thursday night Monday night and now Sunday night Um, a little apprehensive but I'm 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 leaning towards what Rajan and Needy were saying is is that the 49ers ultimately will come out with a victory at some point. 
Just, yeah. I think it's going to be very close. Very close. Yeah, it's going to be a close one. I think, you know, the the this thing about, you know, let Jimmy beat us. Can Jimmy beat us? Can, you know, force Jimmy to throw the ball? I think we saw him. He's proved he can throw the ball. He's proved he can beat you with his arm. You know, consider, you know if you look at the Seattle game, he wasn't that far off of the performance that Russell Wilson had, you know, in yards and things like that. Yes, the turnovers sucked. Um, as far as those fumbles go, but when you really, really dig into it, Jimmy played a pretty good game. Um, and you know, Arizona twice. You know, that's eight touchdowns and two picks in, in two games. So basically, I think right just a, just just at 800 yards in those two games. I didn't really look at the numbers all the way through. Um, but this game, the Packers are coming in as a, a really good team, and the Packers are always a good team as long as they have Aaron Rodgers. You see, when they lose Aaron Rodgers, things fall to shit, and they have a hard time winning games. Um, but Aaron Rodgers is healthy. The offensive line has had some issues against some better pass rush teams, primarily mm-hmm. the the Chargers. You saw Joey Bosa have a field day and Ingram have a field day. The Niners are most likely going to be without D Ford, so it'll be just a Bosa and whoever else is on the other side of the field. Demontre um, Moore, Armstead, Demontre Moore, Armstead, Solomon Thomas. You know those kind of guys. They're going to have to step up their game and provide some level of consistent pass rush against some pretty good tackles for the Packers um which kind of leads me into um my you know we always do three keys to victory in every game mm-hmm. which leads into my keys to victory Robert Sala is is my number one key to victory here today you know adjusting for an offense that you see pretty regularly because you got to think Matt LaFleur it comes from that Kyle Shanahan uh, coaching tree so he's going to see a lot of similar concepts from the Packers um, and you saw, and we, all we heard through camp was the Niners defense was having a field day against the Niners offense. They know how to recover it. Jimmy threw a lot of picks, forced forced things to happen. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is not Jimmy Garoppolo, so I'm 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 more counting on Robert Sala to come out and have a really really good game plan, utilizing his pass rush and try to keep as many guys in coverage as possible uh, versus this uh, Packers offense that can throw the ball quite a bit. Not only because of Aaron Rodgers, but they still have a Devontae Adams. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling is there. Jimmy Graham is a shell of himself, but it's still Jimmy Graham. He's a big target. He can make some things happen. And then Aaron Jones is a very, very good receiving back, um, and he also can run the ball very well. So I'm I'm pointing this game directly at Robert Sala. I think he has to come out with a really strong game plan to stop this Packers offense. Yeah, you mentioned you want to see them drop as many in the coverage as they can. I I agree for the most part. I do want to see some A-gap blitzes from Fred Warner. I think they're extremely successful when they mix those in. Fred Warner is an excellent blitzing linebacker, and he's been very successful at it this year. We saw a lot of that success in in the Seattle game. Um, Yeah, Robert Sala has to have a solid game plan. They can't have the all of a sudden falling into man coverage one-on-one, let a big play happen in the fourth quarter like they did against Arizona. Can't be doing that. Can't yeah. be doing that at all. Um, my first key to victory is Jimmy. It's really going to come down to, to Jimmy in this one. Um, you know, Edie and Rashawn talked about it. It's, it's what is the Packers defense going to give Kyle Shanahan and this offense to work with? Um, however, it comes, whatever they give them, at some point, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to throw the ball. And we're not sure of the health of, of the guys that are supposed to be catching the passes. Um, you know, Kittle, Sanders, Debo, all listed on the on the injury report right now. It looks it's trending up. They're trending in the right way. You never know if a setback's going to happen. So a lot of it's going to fall on Jimmy. So my, my first key victory is Jimmy has to play like good Jimmy 
and not like bad Jimmy. Because we've seen both this year. And usually we see them both in the same game. They can't have stupid turnovers today. Or not today, excuse me, Sunday night. Um, and it, uh, it really has to come down to, to Jimmy just making the right throws and not having stupid turnovers. Yeah, he's definitely got to cut those out. And, you know, if it's, you know, I, I get it. He's a gunslinger, the whole, you know, Aaron, you know, Brett Favre, Tony Romo talk, you know, but there's, there's the bonehead throws have to stop. And I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick on the same side with you on offense. This is a game. The Niners run offense has had some issues. And primarily, I think that's an issue because of George Kittle being out of the lineup. Um, no consistent um, pass catching threat. Maybe the Niners have found something in Debo. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, but um, Kev- Tevin Coleman has to have a big game for the Niners, whether that's, you know, 20 attempts for 99 yards at, you know, 2.9 yards a clip. I think just the ability to run the ball, control the clock, keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers, don't let him, don't allow him to have, you know, these last minute drives or just long sustained drives um, on offense for the, the Packers where they can get in rhythm. I think the Niners' run game needs to be a factor in this game. Tevin Coleman primarily, um, he's got to be able to get those extra yards and you know fall forward, stop, stop falling short of the first down. You know, get get those extra yards in the run game. Um, and again, that attributes to you know a healthy George Kittle. But Tevin Coleman and this run game really need to get going against this Packer team, which I think can be had in the run run game. Um, we saw I saw a lot of it in the Eagles game, where a lot of traps and and counters really took advantage of the aggressiveness of the Packers front four and their linebackers. And I think Tevin Coleman should be able to take advantage of that. And the Niners offense should be able to move the ball in the run game. And I think then maybe the run game does get back this week and we see a little bit more balanced of an offense. Yeah, the run game definitely, definitely, definitely has to get going. It's been three straight weeks, like you said. And Kyle Shanahan's offense runs through the run game. That's how we've always seen it. That's how we saw his dad do it. That's how he does it. It needs to get back on track because as of right now, it's completely off the rails. Teams have sold out to stop it, and Jimmy has done, I think, enough to win three games. Yeah. Uh, they only won two of them. So Jimmy's you know, he's doing enough to win games. Um, my second key to victory, Nick Bosa. It's got to be Nick Bosa because it sounds like they're going to be without D Ford, like you said. So Demontre Moore, Eric Armstead, uh, Salman Thomas, whoever's lining up at the other end spot is probably not going to be nearly as productive as, as D Ford usually is. It's going to come down to Nick Bosa showing why he is the defensive rookie of the year and in the running for defensive player of the year. We've seen him do it. We've seen him do it under the lights. We need to see him do it tonight. Look, or, God, I keep saying tonight. We need to see him do it Sunday. Just because teams have started to key in on him. Right, they started to send a running back out to chip him. They they've started to double him, whether it's with a tight end and a tackle, whatever it is. Nick Bosa's got to he's got to take that next step for them. Without D Ford, I think they're going to get plenty of pressure up the middle with Buckner and and Armstead. Buckner traditionally has huge games against the Packers, so I expect him to do really well. But in order to keep Aaron Rodgers from extending the play. Bosa needs to be effective off the edge. That's what killed him last year. The 49ers should have beat the Packers last year in Green Bay with C.J. Beathard as quarterback. The yeah. problem was the defense kept giving up big plays, and they kept letting Aaron Rodgers roll out of the pocket and beat them. They can't do no, that, and I think yeah. Nick Bosa is a big part of that. You know you're going to get pressure up the middle. 
Bosa has to get a push, and he has to kind of seal that off and, and, and force Aaron Rodgers to step up into the awaiting arms of Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you there. Nick Bosa has to have um, – I'm not saying he has to have you know, a three-sack game or a two-sack game, just enough to create enough pressure off the edge where you know Bosa – I'm sorry, Buckner, Armstead, and those guys can clean up clean up the 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 fact that um, Aaron Rodgers can move around a little bit um, but I'm gonna stay on the defensive side of the ball too you know I think I think the the Packers have enough on offense to you know to scare the living hell out, hell out of a lot of teams and Niners have two safeties have been playing really really well Tart and Jimmy Ward um, I think this game comes down to the safeties helping out these corners and just you know keeping things in front of them not allowing the explosive plays um, Tart and Ward have done a very, very good job this season. I think we're starting to see Tart come on a little bit more. He's always around the ball. He's causing fumbles, recovering fumbles. Um, and I think this is another game where you may see Tart or Ward come up with a turnover, whether that be an interception or a fumble recovery um, or just a forcing a fumble. Um, those two have to come up big. Um, Devontae Adams is still, you know, in my personal opinion, top five wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But you still have some younger receivers on that um offense for the for the Packers who can be you know had and you know give them make if you hit them hard enough they may you know cough up that ball um or just force them you know make them think twice about catching the ball over the middle or coming you know crossing the face of a safety um I think Tart and Ward are going to be big factors in this game and uh for the Niners to be successful they have to have some really solid safety play against the Packers yeah there's a big misconception about Jimmy Ward and 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 Jaquaski Tart, and that's that they're not physical. And I think a lot of that stems from their injury histories. They think they aren't physical. Both of those dudes can hit, and they hit hard. We've seen both of them do it for the 49ers on multiple occasions. And I think you're absolutely right. If they if they lay the wood on on one of the younger receivers, it, they can they can bust the ball free. We've seen Jaquaski Tart, Jaquaski Tart, excuse me, just rip the ball out of someone's hands. He did, it was a DK Metcalf in the Seattle game, right? He ripped it out of his hands before he got in the end zone. It's an incredible play. I, I expect them to both, as long as they stay healthy, which, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, whatever you got to do, salt over your shoulder, whatever you need to do, as long as they stay healthy, I, I, I think that's a that's a very good safety tandem. That You you know, that's what the 49ers expected when they drafted Jimmy Ward in the first and, and Tart in the second. They're finally seeing the return on a lot of these early picks. And it's a, it's a big part of the 49ers' success so far. Yeah, definitely. Those two, um, part of this defense, you know, Ward is taking a lot of crap for injuries, but he's been, you know, he's been playing lights out, essentially. And Tart has been, you know, coming on strong the last couple of weeks. Um, but what, what is your last key to victory in this game? So, as I alluded to when we were, when we were talking with, with Rashawn and ED, the Packers loaded up on defense, and two of the positions they loaded up on um, was their outside linebacker positions in their 3-4 scheme, and that's with Zadarius Smith and with Preston Smith, the Brothers Smith, as I will refer to them as now. <laughs> the Brothers Smith are coming, and those are both two high-quality players that are putting up good numbers this year. Uh, Mike McGlinchey and Justin School need to be ready to go because these guys are coming, and they're coming fast. Um Preston Smith, obviously one of my, you know, one of my offseason crushes, one of the guys I really wanted the 49ers to go get in free agency. They didn't. Mm-hmm. He's putting up really good numbers for them. He's a very good player. 
you know, he's not so great in space and in and in coverage. But when it's when it comes to him just pinning his ears back and going after the quarterback, very good player. Same with Darius Smith coming over from Baltimore. School and McGlinch are gonna have their hands full just like they did last week with Chandler Jones and Terrell Suggs. They did pretty well against those guys. They need to keep that momentum going. McGlinchy looks significantly better. Last week than he did against Seattle, he needs to keep making those strides because right now, as it stands, the best two tackles the 49ers have put on the field have been Justin School and Daniel Brunskill. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot made of it, you know, on Twitter the last couple of days about, about Joe Staley. Joe Staley's been great in the run, you know, run run protections or just run uh, run blocking but he's had some issues in pass protection. That's that's a fair assessment. You can say these things. I don't know why you know fans are oh we're nine and one we can't say anything. no. There's there's players on his team that say it every week. We can always get better. There's always something to improve, and that's something that Joe Staley needs to improve. But at his age, there's going to be some things that he's going to lose, and that may be his ability to pass block. And he's had some issues, but Justin mm-hmm. School has stepped in admirably to to that position. I think he's only allowed maybe two sacks on the year. He hasn't really given up. Very, very much. His run blocking could be better. And, you know, as like I just said about Staley, you can say the same thing about school, but in reverse, he needs to run block better. And that's evident in the last couple of weeks um, with teams trying to stop the run. Same thing with McGlinchey. mcglinchy has been known to be a really good run blocker, but his pass defense or pass blocking hasn't been that great either. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, there's things like that. But to your point about school and McGlinchey needing to step up big, yes, they do because – Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith are coming, and they they come, like you said, really, really fast. And that sounds really weird how I just said that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they can get after the quarterback, and the Niners need to protect Jimmy Garoppolo at all costs, um, get the ball out fast. And, you know, this is where I think the run game for the Niners will step up because they have two really good pass rushers. Um, you know, a lot of counters, traps, and delays should help get Coleman, Breida if he plays, or Mostert. Uh, get those guys going, get this run game back. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a more physical game. Maybe Jeff Wilson is the guy this week, and you know he gets called. You know he plays. You know a lot of snaps, and he gets you know some hard yards, and you know start pounding it right at the Packers defense too. So there's a lot of options here, man. I think this game is gonna be very close, just like Ed and Rashawn said. But what do you what do you think in the score is gonna be this week? Uh, I got a score prediction, but real quick, I want I want to touch on something that, that yeah, I yeah. wanted to touch on with Edie and Rashawn, but, you know, they got on a roll, and they just kept going, and, and I'm happy to listen to them. I really am. Those guys were a, a lot of fun to listen to and a lot of fun to talk to. Um, but they talked about how the 49ers were building the team, and you brought up Jeff Wilson. Um, the undrafted free agents this year, the 49ers have scored 35 offensive touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Do you just want to take a, a take a stab at how many are scored by undrafted free agents? Um, let's see. I want to say 12? 14. Almost close. 14 of 35 have been scored by undrafted free agents. Kyle Shanahan finding diamonds in the rough to come in and step in and play key pivotal roles. Uh, But anyway, that's that's something I wanted to talk about earlier, and I never got around to it, and it just came back to me. So I'll sneak it right in there. Uh, Score prediction. Score prediction. 21-17, 49ers. I think it's going to be lower scoring. Than, than most folks. I love ED's mantra of if the 49ers score three touchdowns, it's game over. I love that. Yeah, I'm going to stick fair. with it. 49ers score three touchdowns. They just hold Aaron Rodgers to two and a field goal. They win 
Yeah, no, I, I think the Niners do come out victorious in this game. I'm a little apprehensive about it because it is still Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. You know, those, that team is to be respected. But at the same time, like I said on the beginning of the show, you know, this whole gauntlet, you know, narrative. The Niners are still 9-1. They've beaten everyone on their schedule. And they, you know, they took a team 70 minutes, 75 minutes to to uh, beat them um, by three points. Um so these teams still have to come see the Niners, you know, Ravens, Saints, Packers. You still have to come see the number one team in the NFC, and that's the Niners. Um, but I'm with you on that. You know, I think the Niners pull this game out as well. Um, I'm going just a little bit closer. 24-17, Niners pull this out. I don't think um, I don't think we see a lot of turnovers from the Niners this game. I think the Niners win because of a turnover by the Packers. Um, this is a, a, a game that is very important for seeding purposes. You know, if the Niners mm-hmm. lose this game and the Packers win and then the Seahawks win on Sunday, the Niners go from the number one seed to the fifth seed. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's it sucks, but it's the reality we live in um, with the way the season has gone. But I think the Niners pull this game out 24-17, go on, you know, get to first, get to 10-1, and and you're basically solidifying a playoff spot. I think there is no way to be denied here um, for the playoffs for the Niners. Yeah, ten and one, it's not. And uh, you know, we, we off air with ED, we were talking about Levi's, and yeah. he said that you know you can't write the history of the NFL without a chapter about candlestick. Levi's mm-hmm. needs that moment. They're getting it with the Seattle game. They're getting it tonight, as he said. Or I keep saying tonight, man. I'm <laughs> losing my mind. It's been one hell of a week. They're, yes, they're it getting has. it with Sunday night against the Packers. Um, if they go from the one seed to the five seed, that also means they don't get a home playoff game. Yeah. There is almost virtually zero chance they're going to get a home playoff game. Levi's needs a home playoff game. It needs to have that moment. It needs to have that magic moment that just turns it into, and this is Eric Davis. This is this is his thing, the field of jeans. Yeah. <laughs> So it, it needs to have that moment. So this is, the, this is a huge game for them when it comes to seeding because it, it really is going to be the difference between, I mean, just, just one and five seed, and then they're playing from behind the rest of the year, and there's a little bit of pressure on them, and they just they feel like, oh, is it just the same old Niners? Look, go out there Sunday night, not tonight, Sunday night, go out there <laughs> and, and, and win. Yeah, if you're going to the game Sunday night, you know their deal. Be loud on defense, shut your mouth on offense, let the offense operate. Um, but the Niners should come out victorious here. Then they go on a two-game road road trip uh, where they'll be staying in Sarasota, Florida, um, kind of like what they did early in the season with Tampa and the Cincinnati game. Uh, instead of staying at Youngstown, they're going to stay in Sarasota, Florida. After the Ravens game, they'll fly down there and then go right to uh, New Orleans just to keep their body clocks on the East Coast so that way they're not mm-hmm. you know, having two 10 a.m. starts um, for both those games, and I think it's very smart that they do that. But now looking ahead, it is one week at a time. Niners got Green Bay 8-2 eight and, eight and two versus 9-1. Niners should come home with a victory. They are the better team, in my personal opinion. Uh, they have the better defense, and, uh, of course, they have the better coach on offense. Um, so this game... You know, the Niners should win that. Like I said, they got to come see us. And that's that's something that's being left out on a lot of these national narratives. And um, I don't really watch them, but, they, you know, they come across my timeline and things like that. But other than that, man, you know, go Niners. 
You can catch the uh, the Fourth and Goal podcast on all podcast platform: Google, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, wherever podcasts are found. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Fourth and Goal Podcast, and then follow myself at Javier Vague underscore, and then follow my guy Matt at Matt Bar underscore. Don't forget to follow our guest Rashawn at R Haylock, H A Y L O C K, and then our boy Ed at the underscore gang. At <laughs> underscore Eric Davis underscore. Make sure you follow those guys. Give them give them a follow on their Believe the 49ers podcast. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely for sure. Um until uh until the game is over, we will talk to you guys on Twitter and everywhere else where you guys where you guys want to chat. Um but until then, go Niners. Peace.